Hey, big boxers. Welcome to On the Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. Tim here with you, as always. Thank you so much for being with us and being a dedicated On the Shelf listener and big boxer. Super happy to uh, be with you. A little bit of a somber mood, honestly. It's the first time that we've chatted since the tragedy in Vegas. And uh, I just want to say, if any of you out there were personally affected uh, or had any of your loved ones or friends affected by the tragedy in Vegas, I'm very sorry. And my heart goes out to you. It's uh, a little bit tough, I think, to deal with as these things become more and more commonplace. I think that as a country, it seems like we just seem to get over them faster and faster And I don't know whether that's because we're resilient or if it's because we're getting somewhat numb to the fact that terrible things are happening right here in our country and they're becoming so close together, so commonplace that we just are on to the next news cycle. I hope that that's not the case. I hope that we are not that jaded as a people. But as I scan the news and stories on the news, I can barely find anything else about that or what's going on. So I just wanted to say that uh, I am personally very disturbed and distraught over what went on. I'm left wondering what's going on, what's causing it. Why are people feeling like they have to inflict so much pain on other people so that they can, I guess, feel better. You know, I don't know if it's an anger issue. I was having this conversation with my 15-year-old daughter as she was struggling a little bit to understand. And all I could offer her was that I think a lot of people in our country are angry. And I think that that anger manifests. It's not always on the surface. People don't always see it. We don't always let it out. And as people get more and more angry and they hide it more and more and it festers more and more, when it becomes to a point where they can no longer manage it, they really want people to feel as bad as they do. They want people to suffer like they feel that they've suffered. And it comes out in tragic tragic ways, whether they take their own life, whether they take their own life in other people's lives, however it it manifests itself, it's not a good thing. And so I don't know what the answer is. I I don't know how we reach out to people that are angry or that are suffering or mentally um, they're not right and they're not letting anybody know about it. And all I could offer her was this one piece of advice you know, appropriate for her age, which is you have to let people know how you're feeling. You have to reach out to your parents and say, I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm confused. And really start to try to quantify how you're feeling. And I think if we all took just a minute to ask ourselves that question, for a lot of us, I think it would be a long time since we really said, how am I feeling? What am I thinking? What's going on inside my brain? I'm pissed off, actually. 
No buyers want to buy my product, and that's making me very upset. And I think that we have to take those emotions, take a look at them, you know, say them out loud, and, and figure it out. And if we need to go get some help, go get some help. But uh, that's what I offered her because I think as a teenager, super difficult to explain to your parents how you're feeling, what you're thinking about all the time. You know, teenagers are at best super secretive, you know, with what's going on because it's all brand new and crazy and weird. So, and I think she understood. I think that she kind of got it and, you know, on her level, but uh, still very hard for her to see senseless killing. And, uh, and so I know you guys are out there with me. I know that you guys are talking to your kids about it. So anyway, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but can't also be one of those places that just doesn't say anything, doesn't address it at all because I think it needs addressing. So there you go. That's my take. If you're feeling angry, frustrated, tell somebody, get it out, go get some help. If it's about buyers, Brothers and sisters, I am with you. I am with you definitely with the frustration on what buyers are and are not doing. So I have some questions today. Uh, they're piling up, so I wanted to get some out of the way. And I picked some today. I think we have five. I picked some that I thought would be most interesting and useful to probably everybody listening and uh, so I hope that that is the case. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you are struggling with something in your program, in your quest to get your products into retail, send it out to us. And, uh, and we can either talk about it on the phone. We can talk about it on the podcast. We can do both. We can do both. So number one, uh, I believe, came from Gabe. Gabe has sent in a couple questions, and this is a... I think a third question from him and happy to, to keep answering these. What is a typical margin for distributors? And this is not a question that comes up a lot. Uh, and the reason is, is because we're not generally trying to go through distributors. We're really, you know, trying to go direct. And occasionally you'll get to a buyer that says, Hey, yeah, I'm interested in your product, but I can only take it through ABC distributor or whatever distributor. And so you're stuck needing to go to that distributor and actually pushing your product through them. So the very first thing I would tell you is before, uh, you know, you just go offer up anything to this distributor, ask your buyer to send you an email, letting them know, letting you know that they're interested in your product and would like to buy it. If you can connect and, and get it on board with XYZ uh, distributor. The reason you want this email direct from the buyer is because that's what you're going to use when you call the distributor. And before they say, yeah, no, thank you, but no thanks, you're going to say, listen, I have an email from, you know, Johnny over at, uh, you know, so-and-so retailer says that they want to buy the product, uh, but we need to bring it in through you. That's going to make a huge difference. Okay. A huge difference. Number two, before you quote them, and this is the advice that I gave to Gabe, uh, before you quote them, find out what other retailers they do business with. Is this just going to be a one and done? So are you just going to sell it to this distributor and they're just going to be pushing it through to the retailer and that's all they're going to do? Probably not. As long as they're going to stock it for this one retailer, might as well find out who else they're selling. Might as well find out who else they're selling and, and try to get more out of this distributor than just this one deal. And the reason I say do that before you offer pricing 
because it may be worth it to you to give them better pricing if they're going to be able to push it out to other retailers other than the one that you're working with. It may be worth it. But typical, typical distributor margin is in the 20% range. 18 to 25 is going to be super typical. And within that, within that, there are some caveats, okay? The higher the margin that the distributor requires, the more that distributor should actually do. Do they have salespeople? Are they making sales calls? Are they going out and are they looking at your merchandise on the shelf? Are they adjusting it? Are they working direct with the retailers? Do they offer a catalog? Are they pushing your product? So if the answer of all those is no, and they're just simply a place for you to park your product until the retailer wants it, then 18 to 20 is, is going to be where I would be looking to, to, to give them. If they're doing a ton more, if they have a program, if they have salespeople, if they're actually pushing your product and selling your product, you know, 20 to 25 to 26 might be appropriate. So find that out before you go and give that product uh, or uh, give that uh, a distributor pricing. Okay, so first, like I said, you know, find out if they have other retailers. Secondly, provide them the pricing. And before you do any of that, make sure that you get that email from your buyer letting them, that says that they're interested in buying from you if you can get it listed with that distributor. Make sense? Hey, big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I wanna work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I wanna share those experiences with you. I wanna talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I wanna help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. All right. Thanks again, man. Gabe, I appreciate it. Appreciate all the questions. Uh, Next question was from Steph. And uh, um, he says, uh, hey, Tim, uh, love the podcast. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Love all the question and answer. And so I thought I would send you a question. Awesome. Thanks for doing that. Uh, If the buyer wants me to drop ship, should I? Because I want to be in the store. All right, Steph, I guess what I'm hearing you say is you went to this retailer with the thoughts of being on the shelf and getting your products bought in bulk and putting them on the shelf at the retailer. And the retail buyer is hitting you back with, hey, 
yeah, we might be interested in drop shipping your product from our uh, and listing it on our website. So I'm assuming that's what you're meaning here. And uh, it's super common, super common for a buyer to want to test out the product. Let's put it online. Let's see how it does. Can you drop ship? And uh, let's see how things roll. A couple of things are happening here. One, buyer is not wanting to take a big risk on your product, but they like it. Okay. They don't just put any willy nilly thing online. So they like it enough to want to put it online. Good. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Number two, they want to kind of see how it does before they make an investment. So that's not a bad thing. If you are, you feel comfortable with your product, you think it's going to do well. That's not a a big uh, issue either. So they want to be a little bit cautious. They want to put it online, see how it does. And then third, guys, pay attention to this. Third, they want to see how you're going to do. How you're going to do in a dropship situation. How you're going to do as a vendor. They're going to test you too. And this is a chance for you to really shine. Logistics is where a lot of people fall down. So if you can do a great dropship program, if you're Johnny on the spot, if you're never late, if your shipments are on time, if they're labeled correctly... Boom. You could really take this and springboard into an on-the-shelf position. Remember, in order for you to drop ship, you still have to get that vendor number, right? That vendor number is like gold. And that vendor number means when they're ready to move you to on-the-shelf, they don't have to get any signatures. They don't have to go to anybody. They don't have to talk to their GM. You are already a vendor, and they can just make that move. Okay? So the answer to your question is yeah. Yeah, if that's the only way you can get in right now, Steph, if that's the only way that you can make that connection and show that buyer what you have and what you can do, go for it. Don't ever, well, I wouldn't say don't ever. I mean, you got to take a look at it and and obviously look at it objectively and is it going to make sense and is the money right? I mean, we're not talking about all those things. We didn't talk about pricing and all of that. I'm just saying if you have the opportunity and that's all you have is to go online and dropship, I would do it. I would do it. All right. Hope that helps. Number three comes from Chris with a CH. Hey, Chris. Chris writes, Tim, thanks for all the great podcasts. I have almost made it all the way through. Well done, Chris. Seriously, well done. You know, it amazes me that people still go all the way back and listen to the first podcast. That's actually the first podcast is actually still one of the most popular podcasts listened to. Of the entire, I think we're at, you know, 111 or so, but that's, that's one of the most popular podcasts. And I guess the reason is, is because, uh, it's the most, still the most popular question asked, which is how long is it going to take me to get my products into retail? And I think that that's kind of why we started with that one. But, uh, yeah, if you're making them all the way through, awesome. Uh, I hope that that's uh, been beneficial for you. I want, I bet you're saying, Hey man, can you also answer my question? All right. All right. So the question is, if I if I don't understand how to fill out the paperwork a buyer gave me, is it bad to ask them for help? Bad? No. Um, is there if there's anybody else that you can ask, uh, uh, you know, if you have, you know, I don't know, us on your side, of course, you can ask us. But the buyer should also have given you access to their assistant. Maybe they have even an inventory control specialist. Uh, technically or typically, 
the the vendor paperwork does not come from the buyer. They they give that to somebody else to send you, and that's probably the person you want to contact with your question. So if there was an assistant that sent it or an inventory control specialist that sent it, don't be afraid to hit that person back with your questions. But here's the key. Go through the entire form, all the pages. Read everything that they gave you to make sure that the answer is not in something that they've already given you. Okay, so go back through everything and make sure that the answer is not in there somewhere. Secondly, pile up all your questions into one email or one phone call. Don't, you know, uh, uh, email them and say, hey, you know, I'm having trouble with this one thing. Can um, you help me? And then two days later, hey, I'm also having trouble with this. No, you want to get them all into one email, one question so that they can bang them all out at the same time so that we're not wasting their time. All right. Make sense. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate it. Uh, Number four from Jose. Jose, how are you? Hope you're doing well, man. A buyer said that they were going to send me some paperwork to fill out, but they never sent it. Should I follow up? I don't want to be pushy. Right? That's always the big question, too. You know, I don't want to bug the buyer. I don't want to bother them. Here's the thing. If they said they're going to send you some paperwork, yes, follow up with them. Absolutely. Most likely, they got off the phone, and 10 other people just like you called, then they had to go to a meeting, then they had to go to a, a, a buyer meeting, then they had to go look at some product and a line review. I mean, they're doing a million things. So chances are they just forgot, man. And, uh, yeah, you should definitely follow up with them and say, you know, just a quick follow-up to say, hey, uh, I know that when we spoke the other day, you said that you were going to send me some vendor paperwork or whatever it was that they were going to send you. And uh, I never received it, so I just want to follow back up with you and see if I'm missing it somewhere. Um, If uh, you could just resend it, that would be great. They're going to totally appreciate it. Honestly, they're going to be like, oh, man, I totally forgot to send that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll get it back to you. So don't be afraid to follow up with the buyer. But – Here's, here's a caveat, though. If you send that and they don't uh, immediately respond to you, you're going to have to give it a couple days. Okay? Don't just keep following up a couple, you know, two times a day or whatever. If they didn't send it to you and then you send them a follow-up and they didn't send it to you again and didn't respond, give them a couple days. They may be in the middle of a huge deal. And then uh, keep following up with them probably every three, four days uh, in, until they either say, yeah, not going to happen, or I changed my mind, or... Um, or they're going to say, most likely, oh, here you go. Sorry so much. Sorry so much. No, that's not right. Thank you. Here you go. So sorry. All right. So, yeah, never be afraid to call the buyer and just say, hey, how's it going? Yeah, didn't get that stuff. No worries. They're probably going to be super glad you did. All right. All right. Last question comes from Wendy out in San Diego. Hey, Wendy. Wendy writes, uh, Tim, uh, I am so glad I found your podcast. It's helped us so much uh, in our endeavors. I am super glad to hear that. Thank you so much for your kind words. Hey, by the way, all of you guys, don't be afraid to hit the uh, um, iTunes and leave us a review. I appreciate that. Uh, Back to Wendy's question. I'm going to a trade show. I've heard from you, that would be me, that I should set appointments, but no one will make an appointment with me. They all say they are going to just stop by. What should I do? Yeah, well, there's nothing really you can do. I mean, if a buyer says to you that they're just going to stop by and, and know they're not going to make a solid appointment, uh, the best thing that you can do is constant, you know, not constantly, but just say, thanks so much. Look forward to seeing to you. Um, you know, I'm going to be there this, this, and this day. And then one of the things I do is when I get to the trade show, I'll send out an email to all the people that said that they were just going to stop by and say, hey, just a reminder, this is our booth number. This is what side of the venue we're on. Uh, look forward to seeing you uh, one of the three days that we're here. 
Um, hope you have a good show. And I might even, if there's a substantial amount halfway through the show that still haven't stopped by, I might even send out a halfway mark. Um, hey, just touching base with you again. We're, we're over here. Because buyers technically go section by section. And so your section could be last or it could be first. But uh, it doesn't hurt to follow up with them and let them know that, um, you know, uh, hey, just want to let you know here again is our, our booth number. Because they're going to forget. They're probably not going to write it down. Uh, a, a million things could happen. And they're probably going to uh, be stoked to get an email from you. Oh, that's the booth number. I was totally forgot what booth number that was. Yeah, I still need to, fo- I still need to stop by. So, um, you know, take the appointments. Push for the appointments that you can get. Appointments are huge. Appointments at a trade show is definitely what you want. Okay, it's going to make or break how successful your trade show is. However, bigger buyers, you know, the Costco buyers of the world, Walmart buyers of the world, they have so many places to go and so many things to do. There's just no way that they can try to fit in all these appointments. So they're going to say something like, yeah, I'll stop by if I can. It's up to you, first of all, to um, start to continue to create that relationship and then also Keep giving them some reminders so that they do stop by. Because you know just as much when you're in the trade show, everything goes out the window, right? You're in the middle of selling. You're making things happen. You're not remembering all the little nuances. These guys are getting overloaded with paperwork and buyer decks and meetings and handshaking and new products. And, hey, everybody is pulling on their coattail. So they're going to need a couple of reminders from you to uh, remember to stop by. All right. So, yeah, I get it. I mean, we're getting ready. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, we're getting ready to go to the Apex or maybe I didn't mention it. We're getting ready to go to the SEMA Apex Automotive Show at the end of this month in Vegas. And, yeah, we've already had a bunch of people say, yeah, not going to set an appointment, but I am going to stop by. And so we'll be following up with all of those people right before the show and possibly even during the show. All right, Wendy. So I hope that helps. Don't stress on it. Um, You know, make sure that you have your pitch ready. You're quick. You know, pitch, no, nothing long. Make sure that you have your pricing on your body somewhere. Uh, sometimes I'll laminate it and make sure I keep it in my pocket so that I can have quick access to, um, to pricing when people ask me. Make sure that you have, uh, if you have small anything and you're going to do some giveaways uh, or samples, make sure you have those. Um, always giving away samples is always a good way to pull people into your booth. And uh, lastly, make sure you have enough people in your booth to... Um, uh, so that you're not trying uh, to get bogged down and you're not talking to Joe, entrepreneur, starting his own website and wants to talk your head off. And then also all of a sudden you miss the Costco buyer because you're too engaged with this guy that's taking up all your time. You need a couple people in the booth to make sure that everybody gets uh, enough of your time. Okay. Hope that that helps. Hey guys, thanks so much. Great speaking to each and every one of you. Love, love, love the questions. I hope you guys do too. Uh, I know that uh, if somebody else is thinking these, you guys are thinking them also. So a great way to get some answers out there and let people know um, that they're not alone. Hey, if you're liking the podcast, guys, seriously, uh, let us know. Leave a comment. Um, Start a string, you know, uh, start a string of consciousness. uh, If you go to the actual blog, you know, uh, Lipson.OnTheShelf.com and actually start leaving some comments in the string of the actual podcast and so you guys can start talking to each other and, and, and making your own comments. But definitely leave us on Stitcher, on iTunes. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We love that. Um, if you want to reach out to us, if you have a question, you can just email it to me uh, by going to the website, tlbconsulting.com. You can send it on Twitter um, and, uh, you know, at TLB Consult. You can write it on our Facebook page, TLB Consulting. You can actually join 
That's right. You can join our closed group on uh, Facebook called On The Shelf Now. You just go to On The Shelf Now and hit join, and bam, you're part of the discussion. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's all take a minute and, and rejoice that we're all still here. We have uh, a life, and uh, we're all uh, healthy and, and, and making progress and pushing forward with our dreams. That's a, a big deal. There are people out there that no longer have that opportunity. All right, guys, until next time, look forward to seeing your products on the shelf.